Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Open your Bibles to Psalm 62 from verse 5 to 12. We're going to talk about, I talked about the, uh, the old saying, there is no rest for the weary. And we're going to learn from Psalm 62, amen, that that is actually false. And if anyone can tell us this, David, David, the Goliath killer, King David, uh, he's under the pump, so, he's weary, he's got so many enemies, constant assaults. Uh, read his story. I love, he's my favorite in the Old Testament. Who loves David? And David says, after being assaulted, the Philistines, King Saul's after him. He's, he's living in a cave. He's under undue stress. Man, he's, he's probably getting anxious and he's probably, you know, fretting and, and uh, he's totally weary of the constant assaults. And he says in verse 3, how long will you assault a man? Will all of you throw him down? Uh, this leaning wall, this tottering fence. He's, he's saying he's like a, a leaning wall, a tottering fence. He, he, he feels like he's ready to collapse. He's so worn out that he's about to fall down and collapse. Yet he says in the midst of his weariness, he finds rest. In verse 5, find rest my soul in God alone. That's where you've got to speak to yourself and say, soul, ship up or get out, you know, Move over, Rover, and let Jesus take over. Amen? Find rest of my soul in God alone. So we know now that our rest is in Jesus. Say Jesus. Our ultimate fulfillment in finding rest is Jesus. Who knows that? Who knows that? So let's start off by looking at the prophet Jeremiah has to say. He says, Jeremiah 6.16, this is what the Lord says, stand at the crossroads and look, ask for the ancient paths, say ancient paths, ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest, say rest, for your souls, say for your souls. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. But you said, this is God saying this, but you said, this is God saying this, but you said, This is God saying this, but you said, we will not listen. We will not listen. You've got to make a point of some of these things. When we're in weary times, you get to a crossroads. What are you going to do? You're going to go on a prayer walk. You're going to find that time in God. You're going to listen to the voice. Jesus says, he's the shepherd. You're the sheep. He's whispering. He's saying, you need to come in from the storm. I need to speak to you. You need to come away. You need to leave. You know, you just need to come out of the busyness of life. I want to speak to you. I I, I want to consolidate you. I want to reconcile your faith. You're doing well. You're under the pump. That's what planet Earth's about. Planet Earth is not peaches and roses. It's, 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 it's a pressure cooker, amen, especially when you're a Christian and you're trying to answer your calling in life. So you got to listen to the voice. There's a choice to make. There's a choice. Do I find rest in God or do I put a DVD on or watch a movie and just check out or do I buy a liter of ice cream? There's no rest for the weary if you go to the world's 
the world's, uh, you know, the world's solutions. Got to listen to God. Got to make a choice. You got to say, God, I hear you. What is the good way? Jeremiah wrote about it, and he said, there's a way. Jesus said, I am the way. John 14, verse 6. Isn't it good that we know the way? He also says, and we've spoken this scripture, Matthew eleven twenty eight. He also says, come, 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 come unto me, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. In the Greek, rest means, rest means refresh and revive. Oh, I'm too busy, I'm too stressed to go to a revival meeting. Does that even make sense? I'm too stressed and I'm too anxious to go to church. Clinically, I could buy that. But church is where you're supposed to be. In the pasture of his love is where you're supposed to come back to. Not, no, I need to deal with this myself. I need to fortify. I'm a, I'm a strong person. I hold a job down. I've got a bank account. I've got, I look after my own life. I know how to do this. I don't need God's refuge. Sorry, wife. I've got to go for a bushwalk. Rest in the Greek means refresh or revive from labor or a long journey. Jesus promises us spiritual rest. He says, come to me in repentance with a humble heart and I will bless you. Jesus is the way. Say that, Jesus is the way. He provides rest for my soul. When you look in the Old Testament, the theme of rest is in there too, and it's very important. Psalm 95 verse 6, and I backed it up a little bit because I just love that, this scripture in Psalm 95 verse 6. says, come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. That's what we do in the house of God. For he is our God and we are people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah or you did that day at Massa in the wilderness where your ancestors tested me tested me in, in, in saying that. He's saying they were disobedient. They tried me, though they had seen what I did, the miracles. Man, if I'd seen the Red Sea open like that, I'd be a believer for a lifetime. I'd be a believing believer. Not just a believer, I'd be a believing believer if I'd saw the things that the Israelites had saw in their escape from Egypt. For 40 years, I was angry with that generation. I said, they are people whose hearts go astray, and they have not known my ways. Verse 11, so I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. Where's rest? It's in being obedient to God. It's being in the crucible of God's love, God's will for your life. Amen? No matter what is happening around your life. I love this uh, little, little Twitter uh, caption I found. Too many Christians have trusted God to get them out of Egypt, but not to get them into Canaan, the promised land I'm talking about, the place of his presence and the place of provision. We must trust God to finish what he started. Meaning when he went to the cross, he said it is finished, the ransom's being paid, it's all being done, no more striving through 660 laws of, of religious duty, appeasing the fallenness of man. It's now just love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Just do that, and you're rocking for Jesus. You're in peace. 
You're living in Graceland. Isn't that good? That psalm, that, that scripture um, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, come unto me and I'll give you rest. He's actually saying that to the believers. He's actually saying that to the Pharisees. Guys, you don't have to struggle like that anymore. Man, that's good. See your heart in it. But all that sacrificing and dutifulness and, you know, all that. But I'm going to pay a price. We're going to deal with that. We're going to deal with that struggle. You believe under me, you're going to find a road to travel by where the light will be shining, the dark clouds will part, and you will walk in the blessings of God. And the Bible says the blessings will actually overtake you. Imagine you're walking along and new cars overtaking you, a new house, and now you're having babies, and now you found your, the, the, the man of your, of, your, of, of your life and the wife of your... That's what happens when you're on the skinny road. You can burn out physically. You can burn out spiritually. You need to be revived to live your called life. You need to be revived. Jesus always cut out. He always had time away. He'd walk up a mountain. He'd get alone, isolation, and he'd just have time with the Father. Matthew 14, 22 says that, and Mark 1, 35 says that. And you need to honor the Sabbath. You need to honor a Sabbath, whether it's Sunday or Saturday. I don't care what day it is, but you need to honor a time when you come out of the week, of your week, and have time with God. For me, it is Saturday, man. I'm in God. I don't watch TV. I, I'm devoted. You ask the kids. I've been doing this for, for, for 25 years now. I just, on Saturday, because I, I have to. I'm the man of God. I'm out the front. If I'm not on fire, you're not on fire. If I don't have godly vision, we're going nowhere. So uh, Saturday is my time of being devoted to God. I'm in the Word. I'm in the Spirit. I'm checked out. I'm not going to Aunt Martha's party here. Sorry, guys, if you have a party on Saturday. I will have to go. I know if it's important. And if I do go, it's a big deal because Saturday for me, as Candace knows, I'm in God. I'm in the presence. I'm in, I'm just getting the download of God. But you got to have that time. You cannot even go two weeks without having that time. It's ridiculous. And the Sabbath is for you. Mark 2.27, when Jesus was being criticized for healing someone on the Sabbath, he says, the Sabbath, this is the words of Jesus, Mark 2.27, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. It's made for you guys. So let's look at Psalm uh, 62 from 5 to 12, and we'll learn how to experience some of the rest. I'll use an acronym in the word rest, R-E-S-T. Just use the first one. R, rely on God in all circumstance. That's the foundation of your life. Right there, I'm throwing the gauntlet down and saying, you need to rely on God for everything and anything in your whole life. This is so foundational. This message will set you Right on a firm foundation, if you get this first, if you get this message, but if you get this first one, rely on God in all circumstances. David says, trust in him at all times. Verse 8, trust in him. Critics say, How, why should I trust God? How can I rely on him? And David answers the question in verse 7. He says, he is my rock. He is my rock. A rock is strong, firm, immovable. I love the three rocks that I saw in Israel. I, I love the rock um, where it was a little bit of rock protruding out of the ground where Jesus ascended. 
in Jerusalem. Imagine that. I really felt some vibes there. Uh, I really did. Julie felt the vibes in Gethsemane. I felt that, and, and where he ascended is right near Gethsemane. Bit of rock. They said, that's where he ascended, right on that rock. And I went, wow, touch it, stomp on it, feel it, look up to heaven, try and... <laughs> Didn't work. On to the next, next uh, iconic feature. Um, the other one was where Jesus fed the 5,000 near Lake Galilee. They've built a whole church around it. You can go in, ornamented, uh, feature, beautiful floor, but up around near the altar is this beautiful rock protruding out of the floor. And they said, that's where Jesus sat and fed the 5,000. I went, God. It actually got a barrier around that. You can't do anything with that, but it's so smooth. But people have been touching it, smooth, smooth. The other rock that freaked me out was the stations of Jesus, Jesus uh, is going through the old city, Jerusalem, he, the cross, he stumbles and he rests up against a rock. This rock now is protruding from the old city wall, tiny street, tiny street, and they said, that is the rock he stumbled and leaned against with the, with the cross, and it's like that, it's a bit of rock that's sticking out, and that is very smooth, everyone's touching it and kissing it, and, and, but it's still there, guys, a rock is stable and firm. Build your house on a rock, it says in, in Matthew, doesn't it? It says, build your house on a rock. Uh, Matthew 7, 24. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice. It's like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, and it fell with a great... And the rain came down, streams rose through our tent also, and, and the winds blew, blew the tent down twice and beat against that. Even though we were believers, we still got flooded, and the, and the, the rain beat down on us, and, 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 the, and the tent got blown down twice. Even as believers, even though we've been, we're building on the rock, weather happens, stuff happens. Drama happens. Drama. Who's in some drama at the moment? So even to the guy that built on the sand, and then all these great believers that built on the rock of Christ on which we stand, even they're affected by the weather. Now, I thought when I got saved, everything's going to be rosy and peachy and everything nice. And It's interesting in Genesis 49 where God is first called our rock in the context of Jacob. Um, He's calling his sons, uh, Joseph in particular, and he says, I think it's in Genesis 49, 22 to 24, paraphrasing, Joseph, he says, this is Jacob on his, in his last days, and he calls his sons, and he needs to pray over them. Joseph is a fruitful vine near a spring. This is going to be for someone. Joseph is a fruitful vine. This is Jacob praying over Joseph now. Joseph is a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over a wall. With bitterness, archers attack him. But his bow remains steady. His strong arm stayed limber because of the rock of Israel. That's the first place God is spoken of as being a rock. Don't you love that? 
So here's Joseph. He's doing well. He's fruitful. He's successful. I'm, you know, we know people like this in our own life. They're doing well. They're successful. Now they're getting hammered. Now the, the, the weather's changed and stuff is happening. Wear and tear is happening. It's the same thing that was happening to David in his ascendancy to be king. Bad weather raining on his parade. Joseph gets a, gets a coat of many colors. He's going to be the, the man. Boom, down a pit, dragged off, slave trade, it's part of his house, accused. Now he's off to jail. He's languishing in jail. What is this? Is this what you have to go through in your calling, Ollie? Do I really need this? You do have to go through some drama of testing. Verse 3 and 4 says, How long will you assault a man? David says in that scripture in Psalm 62. They fully intend to topple him from his lofty place. Who's played king of the mountain when you're, when you're young? And as soon as you're king of the mountain, then everyone's after you, aren't they? They're trying to topple you and take you down. Yeah, yeah, look at me. Yeah, yeah, boom, you cheap shot. Roll down the hill. Both men survive because God was their rock. We too can prevail too if God is our rock. Verse 6, back to Psalm 62. I will not be shaken. The American Standard Version says, I will not be greatly moved, inferring that you can be moved. wouldn't say greatly moved if you're not being moved. Yeah, you're gonna, I was moved, man. I was, I was moved. I'll tell you what. I was sitting pretty in God. I'm a prayer warrior. I'm a man of God. Look at my Bible. Look how much it's highlighted. Look how much I give to the Lord. I'm rock steady. I'm in covenant with God, Pastor Julie. Look at me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens. And all of a sudden, uh-oh, turbulent wind. What's that strange wind? What's that rumbling? You've seen those big skyscrapers now. They're built to withstand earthquakes. They're actually built, and they actually can topple this way. Not topple. They sway this way. Look at Pastor Phil. He's swaying. I've never seen him sway like that. Some people might have saw my vulnerableness some years ago. Wow, he's actually swaying. Yeah, but my foundations were deep. I was on the rock. I wasn't. Pastor Phil was there one weekend, then he wasn't. He, he just... <laughs> sinking sand, or he just flew away, or... Come on. He's my rock. He's my refuge. I will not be greatly moved. We're not going to be destroyed. E, earnestly call on God in times of trouble. David continues in verse 8 by saying... Pour out your hearts to him for God in our refuge. That's exactly what I was doing on Prayer Mountain. I call it Prayer Mountain. It's only a hill. You geographical experts, sorry. I'm calling it a mountain. I got up there and I put extra buckets of soil just to, just to try and get it higher, just to try and get them to change that name, that it's a hill. But they still, it was about you know, 500 meters short. David continues his verse 8 by saying, pour out your hearts to him, people of God. This is how you get your life on a firm foundation. This is how God becomes your refuge. E, this is how you find rest. E, earnestly call on God in times of trouble. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. The TV says, tell him all your troubles. And the CV says, if you need another version, always tell him each one of your concerns. 
meaning this, rely on God. That's our fundamental foundation right there. Rely on God. Take it to Him. Hannah is a great example of someone who poured her soul out to the Lord. You know the story. Hannah, she's desperate. She wanted to have a child. She was unable to have it. Make matters worse, her husband, Elkanah, and, and the second wife, Pinia, who had children. So she took advantage, this Pinia woman took advantage of her barrenness and was making fun of her. The Bible tells us that Hannah, Hannah, Hannah's rival in verse uh, 1 Samuel 1, 6 to 7, haven't got time to go there, but the Bible tells us that Hannah's rival kept provoking her in order to irritate. Who feels like they're being irritated by the enemy sometimes? Just mocking you, irritating you. Amen? One year when the family went to Shiloh, that church, to the temple, to offer sacrifices to God, Hannah went to the tabernacle to pray, and she was crying out to the Lord, and she was actually praying. Her, her, her mouth was moving, but no words were coming out, and the priest saw her and said, uh, uh, Sis, uh, uh, are you drunk? Uh, you know, has, has it gotten up? You know, are you, are you coming unstuck? And then it says, 1 Samuel 1.15 says, Not so, my Lord. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. If someone were to come up to prayer mount and said, Phil, we've seen you coming up here for years with your little dog and your walking stick and you, you know, sit there on a, on a log, two hours. You want to talk about anything? Well, all cool. Not so, my Lord. I'm a woman who's deeply troubled. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. And guess what happened? The Lord honored that prayer. And who was born? Samuel. Samuel was born. David says that we can pour out our souls to God because he is our refuge, just as Hannah did. She poured her heart out. Naaman says in Naaman 1.7, the Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. This is for someone this morning, guys. This is for you. He cares for those who trust in him. In times of trouble, we can confidently go to our rock of refuge, Jesus. We can go to him, Cam. We can rely on him. He is a good God. S, moving along, set your heart on God. S, talking about the acronym of rest. This is S. Set your heart on God. Setting your heart on God. Basically, David tells us that we shouldn't set our heart on things or people. This is where it says in verse 9, low-born men are but a breath. The high-born are but a lie. That could mean the rich and the poor, I guess. Low-born men are the breath. The high-born are but a lie. He's basically saying, people are going to let you down. I'm going to let you down. Pastor Julie's going to let you down. Julie's going to let me down. I'm going to let her down. You're going to let me down. I'm going to let you down. It's going to happen, guys. David is saying, David, and it says in verse 9 in the CV, I love these different versions. We humans are only breath. None of us are truly great. All of us together weigh less than a puff, a puff of air. So set your heart on God, not on people, not on things. As it says in verse 10, do not trust in extortion or take pride in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. And Timothy says, Paul says to Timothy uh, in verse 1, Timothy 6, 17, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, but to put their hope in wealth which is uncertain. You can't rely on that stuff. You can't rely on people. 
You can't rely on possessions. Got to rely on God. Job says it well. Job 31, verse 24, 28. If I put my trust in gold or said pure gold, but you are my security, then I would have been unfaithful. Basically, if I'd put my trust in people or gold and silver and possessions, I would have sinned before you, but you are my security. Did that version say that? You are my security. I love that. T, trust in God's reward. T, trust in God's reward. This is for definitely half the church and more. If you're going to find rest for your souls, you've got to believe that what you're doing, as is said in the prayer room this morning, guys, you look like, man, you look plain Jane this morning, to be honest. Their countenance weren't shining. They obviously had a big week. The weather had gotten on them, you know, and I was trying to rev them up. Come on, guys, flick the switch of faith. Get that countenance of faith happening. Be encouraged that you are doing the most valuable, the most right thing right now. Your priorities are set. You've placed God first. You're in the house of God. God is good. Assume your identity. Listen to the voice of God. Know that he's calling you. Know that you're called. And know that you are doing the best thing that you possibly could be doing in the house of God right now. And all of a sudden, I could see this. The scales falling off their eyes. I could see the old garments come off there. Uh, and I could see them standing up in their coldness. Say coldness. Trust. Stop worrying about the future. Believe God's got it. Believe God's going to reward you. David writes, one thing God has spoken, two things I have heard, that you, O oh God, are strong. What's the two things? Let's, let's check this out. What's the two things? O oh Lord, you are loving. O oh Lord, I heard that you, O oh God, are strong and that you, O oh Lord, are loving. Now, if he's strong, he can break through into your life. He can deal that stuff in your life. Now, if he's loving, he's going to want to bless you. If he's not loving, I, I don't want to, man, I don't even want to go to that thought. But if he's strong, he can deal with the situation of anything in your life. He, he can deal with anything in your business. He can, he can deal with anything in your children. He can deal with anything with your, your school friend at uni, with your teacher even, who marks you down all the time. I had this teacher just marking me down all the time. I had to repeat the whole subject. Another six months at, in adult learning. That was my, my lesson, Hadden, that, that, that being a believer, it's hard work believing, being a believer in the university system. I'm a believer. Oh, rubbish. We are, we are, you know, gee whiz. It must be hard being a university student in, the, in, in that system but where you're mocked. And mark down. Who can sympathize with me on that? God desires to do what is good and just. He has the power and the ability to carry it out. We can trust in God's ability to reward us because he is both all-powerful and loving. Relying on God. Relying on God is, again, foundational. For if God were not reliable, we could not, not trust in his judgment. Christ's ultimate, our ultimate reward is Christ. Matthew 16, 27. For the Son of of man is going to come in his father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. Did I say according to what he has done? What the rewards look like. Here's a bit of theology for you guys. It's pretty heavy duty. Romans 2, 6, 11. Uh, it's not my words. It's the apostle Paul. I'm going to let apostle Paul speak to you right now. It says, God will give. Let's read it from the version. God will repay each person according to what they have done. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, 
immortality. He will give eternal life. But, but for those who are self-seeking, who go their own way and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There, there will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. That brings us way back to Jeremiah saying, we're at a crossroads. We've got to decide between heaven and hell, a hellish life and heaven, the road, the narrow road. Those who choose God's way can know this, that Christ has paid a great price of sacrifice, his very life for you, not to live on Struggle Street, but to you live in the crucible of a blessed life through faith in grace living a life that has his presence surrounding you, that has his guidance leading you, that has his, his best thoughts towards you. His plans are good for you. His will is good for you. Yes, life is hard. Life sorts the men from the boys, so to speak. But you are called... And just like Joseph and David, if you rely on God, if you trust in God, as it says, rely on God in all circumstances, the first one. The second one, earnestly call on God in times of trouble. Three, choose to set your heart on God. Someone missed that. Someone missed it. I'm going to need to start again. First, the acronym of rest is this, R for rely on God in all circumstances. E, earnestly call on God in times of trouble, like Hannah, weeping, crying. So much she hasn't even got a voice. The priest thinks she's drunk, but God answers her prayers. S for set your heart on God. T, trust in God's reward. If you choose wisely at the crossroads, you will discover there is indeed rest for the weary. Jeremiah 6.16, this is what the Lord says, stand at the crossroads, close your eyes, look to heaven and look, ask for the ancient paths, ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not listen. John 10.10 says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said in the next breath, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. In John 10.27.28, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Jesus is in fact telling us, there is an abundance of life if we hear his voice and come unto him. We are his sheep, people of God. We are naturally tuned to hear the voice of our shepherd, Jesus. And when we hear his voice, we will instinctively obey his command, know our identity, and be led into an abundant life. 
And my friends, this is what I want to say to you. This is what the enemy would try and steal from your life. The voice of God within you that's speaking to you to come away, to have time with him, to pray to him, to find him as a rock of refuge. The enemy knows that when you stop hearing the voice of Jesus, then your identity is shaken. I'm not sure if I'm a believer even anymore. I was doing good things in the church. Man, I'm toppling. I'm starting to sway. I could topple. You won't topple if you're built on the rock, if your foundations go deep. You will sway. People won't see it either. I was just joking. But you will sway on the inside. How often are you consumed by the voice of doubt, unrest, dissatisfaction, pride, envy, comparison? Facebook's great for that. Just, just check Facebook out as much as you can and Instagram. And if your body's not sculptured and if you're not the smartest person with quirky, quirky little statements, you're going to be found weighed, measured and wanting. That, just, just remember, guys, that's the highlight reel of people's lives. That's the highlight reel. If, whatever I put on is the highlight reel. Although I try and be a little bit honest, but still, especially the European trip, that was the highlight reel. Gossip, fear, shame, guilt, anxiety, worry, hesitation, unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, hatred, and the list goes on of the voices that we hear. But Jesus is whispering your name and saying, come, come unto me. All you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you, what's this ancient road you're talking about, Pastor Phil? What's this ancient road? Psalm 16, verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. There is rest for the weary. There is no rest for people who disobey God and go their own way. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.